As a small business owner, I've had my share of accounting, tax, bank feed, and app issues. Some could say I'm a mess, kind of like some of your clients. But as I reflect on the last three years of my business, the one app that I've had not any problems with is OnPay. It's been set it and forget it payroll. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor OnPay later in the episode. So instead of creating all these templates for your emails, you can simply create a prompt and then it will customize the email based on the client and the sender. And John, no doubt, will um, use ChatGPT to distill that email down to two bullet points. <laughs> We're working on your return. At what point do we have our Outlook inboxes replying to each other <laughs> and talking to each other, right? Have your, have your email client talk to my email client and set up a, a meeting. Coming to you weekly from the OnPay Recording Studio, this is the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And unfortunately, we have to start this episode with some terrible, just horrible news. T-Sheets founder Matt Rissell is dead in an apparent murder-suicide in his home in Idaho. David, you, you personally knew Matt Rissell. I met him a handful of times. I didn't really know him all that well. Um, I do know that T-Sheets is one of the first real success stories in the whole cloud accounting world. It was one of the first apps to get acquired by Intuit for massive sums of money. And it turns out that the first episode we ever did together of this show, episode three, of this podcast, we were talking about T-Sheets getting acquired by Intuit. And it's why you invited me on. That's why yeah. I invited you on the show. Yeah. I also want to welcome Giles Pearson, our guest today. Giles, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Welcome uh, from, from New Zealand, and it's great to be here with you. Apologies that, you know, um, for the, I don't know, how do you describe it? Like, it's just... Normally on this show, we don't talk about stuff like this. It's not, it's not our usual, like, we can be negative about things, but it's not, we're not usually talking about bad news like this. And so, and I wrote a bunch of notes, like, I, I've, you know, it's been pretty much dominating my thought process the last 24 hours. And like, if you can appease me a little, Blake and the listeners, I'd like to kind of like talk about some things. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, so. I, I, I think it'd be great if you could just sort of tell the story of T-Sheets because it's so tied into Matt Rissell. Yeah. Um, first, I just want to get the facts out there for the folks who okay, haven't yeah. heard, if that's heard, all right. Yeah. Um, so this comes out of um, boisedev.com, their local paper. Matt Rissell, founder of Eagle Company T-Sheets, is dead after a shooting at his Eagle home early this morning. The coroner said he died from a gunshot wound to the head and said it was a suicide. And um, when the police arrived, Shortly after midnight, they found Rissell dead and another woman in the home badly injured who, it, uh, I, I have not seen this in the news, but I understand it was his wife. It was his wife, Robin. Who survived, but is in critical condition. And the case appears to be, according to the police, an attempted murder slash suicide. Officials say it appears Rissell shot the woman and then turned the gun on himself. Rissell was 46 years old. So... With that, and they had three you know, kids. 
yeah. And he had three so, kids. So has three kids. Yep. Had yeah. three kids. So anyway, uh, David, yeah, could would you mind sort of um, you know telling the story of T sheets and why? Yeah. Why this is like, so important? Like, first off, obviously, this is like horrible, horrible, horrible nightmare tragedy. Like, no matter how you look at it, like, there's no no way else to look at this. And you know, you know, there could be an entire podcast or show about guns and mental health and you know going down those paths and you know but and then nobody really knows what's happening it happened right and i've gotten texts there's a lot like there's speculation and things like that and it's like that's not going to help anybody in this thing to do that um pretty much the last day right it's the only thing my wife and i have talked about right my wife's met his wife like we've known each other but i all know that and you know there's thousands of pe- accountants are accounting and bookkeeping our community right thousands of people who have been impacted by this and are have emotions all over the board on this um, because, you know, everybody has a mat story or a T-sheet story. Yeah. Everybody has one. And, you know, I've been really tr- tr- struggling to digest this a little bit the last 24 hours. And, you know, I would I knew we'd have to talk about it on the podcast. But some part of me was like, we shouldn't even talk about it on the podcast. And then, you know, as I've just been digesting this and the thoughts are swimming in my head, the more I thought about it, you can't tell the history of cloud accounting like if you're going to write a book, the history of the cloud accounting story, you could not write that book without a chapter about Matt and T-Sheets. And that's why it's kind of important to talk about it on the show. Yeah. And I think it's just important to kind of pause and acknowledge the ripple effect Matt and T-Sheets had on this entire industry because it's very, very huge. I mean, in fact, you already kind of brought it up. Maybe what we're doing right now, the cloud accounting podcast may not exist, right, if it wasn't for – into it buying T-sheets and you inviting me to be on the show. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it may, it's, we, may not exist, right? And acknowledging that. Um, and those are the kind of ripple effects, you know, I'm talking about. So I'll kind of rewind a little bit because I think you can see where this, like other things in the industry and how to kind of tie it together. So, you know, I kind of think a lot of these apps I first launched on the QuickBooks app store is my app babies, right? I personally care about these apps. And wanted to see them succeed. And they were one of the app babies. And so Matt and I met in like 2012. And uh, I was working with him to get his app launched on the QuickBooks app store. Right. And it was early, 12, 15 apps at that time might be on the app store, maybe even less. Right. Um, no, it was more than seven. And I, at that time, Intuit was reviewing every app. So I was like doing a tech review of every single app that existed. Right. And Probably at that time, I had 45 open tech reviews going on, and every one of them was a battle. Like I would say, you know, Giles is a developer. He has an app. I would say, Giles, fix this in your app. And then the app would be like, oh, I don't want to fix that. And it was just this battle. And I remember I got on a meeting. I tested the T-Sheets app and how it interacted with QuickBooks. And I got on a phone call with their developer team and, you know, Matt and the rest of the founder. They were teeny then, right? And the meeting ends, they send me an email of their plans, three or four days, they fix it all. And I instantly recognized that they were different from all the other companies I was working with. You know, T-Sheets was like special. The company themselves were special from day one. And um, so not long, much longer after that, somehow or another, I don't even know how or why I was in San Francisco. They were in San Francisco. We were all at the same hotel. And it was not an event. It was like early days. There was no QuickBooks Connects. There was none of these things that existed. And basically, the uh, so it was Matt, it was Brandon, the other founder, and Jennifer, who led the marketing team there. It was the four of us just sitting around at this hotel bar table. And basically, we drafted up the playbook on how to win the cloud accounting app space. 
right? What conferences to attend, who to connect with, who to partner with, what swag to give away, why you have to win with these accountants and bookkeepers and pro advisors, right? Why they're important. And then the rest kind of is history from there, right? I think at that point, now the rest of the world starts discovering and touching with T-sheets. But think about it, right? You like that shirt you're wearing those from whatever app? That's from T-sheets started that. These, these cloud accounting podcasters, this is just me ripping off T-sheets, right, <laughs> at some level, right? Um, that gift bag of swag, some app sent to your house, that's T-sheets. The number one accounting bookkeeping podcast in the world, dude, that was a total Matt move. Matt, like, put a – I just copied T-sheets when they said they were the number one app, right? Like, th- these are – this is big – all those over-the-top conference parties, it's T-sheets. Having your app, your sales and service team trained and certified in QuickBooks or Zero. T-Sheets started doing that first. Showing up to Tucson to the Intuit call center and giving out $100 bills to, to uh, employees, right, that save T-Sheets on a phone call or your app name on a phone call, that was Matt first, right? He was doing that before anybody else. Um, all you app developers that are sponsoring, for example, Joe Woodard's Scaling New Heights Conference, and you hate how you can't have a gathering or a party or an event within 50 miles of the venue, right, um, within 10 days of the event. That's the T-Sheets rule. It's because Matt and T-Sheets do these, these crazy parties. Getting reviews in the QuickBooks App Store. They, by far, the first app to hit 1,000 reviews, they, like miles ahead of everybody else, and they, they, they set the bar for that. I'm probably forgetting like 10 other things. Um, another thing is like Gusto. Zen Payroll and Gusto may not exist where it's at today if it wasn't for T-Sheets. The, basically, long story short, there was a bug in QuickBooks that didn't let developers like T-Sheets who are tracking overtime send the overtime data to QuickBooks for payroll. And so... T-Sheets had all this momentum and all these customers, and so they would just, well, our integration with Gusto works, and they would just send them, at that time it was Zen Payroll. And so the first initial waves of customers that were going to Gusto and Zen Payroll were coming from T-Sheets, like, like so apps you're using, right? So, like, I think, like, I don't want this to become, you know, the other thing to think about, too, is, like, all these apps you see doing things, right, they're... They're just copying Matt and T-Sheets. They might not even, these new apps that are on the market today, they might not even know T-Sheets even existed or witnessed T-Sheets because they're just copying the third or fourth variation of somebody who copied what T-Sheets did in this space, right? They, they, yeah, they created the playbook for how to build an app that solves a particular problem in our profession that integrates with QuickBooks yeah. or with Zero now. And, and, and I don't want this to get confused with like praise and because people are questioning, you know, murder, suicide, how you praise somebody. But I, I just want everybody to pause and acknowledge that something you're using today, something at your desk, right? Something you see at the next conference is probably a little piece of mat in it. Yeah. It's just like that's the way to think about this. Well, and the reason this is hard, I, like I, I didn't know him that well, but he was incredibly charismatic. And yeah. even just meeting him a few times, like I could feel you know, positive energy. And that's what makes this so hard is I, I can't reconcile yeah. the person I met with what happened. And I think that's what a lot of folks are going through. Yeah. Um, just to put a number on what you're talking about, David, in 2017, T-Sheets was acquired by Intuit for $340 million in cash and other consideration. Yeah. It was the first really big acquisition, the first really big, you know, financial impact. And, and probably... That, in the mind of investors, is what stimulated the whole economy that we have now in the accounting technology space. Yeah. And, and so. I think it also, like, the, it proved that, because they were in Boise, Idaho, like, for the longest time, well, if you're mm. going to be a tech company, you have to be in San Francisco. And it right. kind of proved 
these apps were just showing up in all these other towns and these tech yep. hubs started appearing. Yeah. So I know it's going to be weird, David, to like change your mindset and shift and just go no, now no, into it, a regular it, it, show. Like, like, I, it, it feels good to be able to communicate that out yeah. because it just, it's, yeah. It so, you know, you know, you know, it's hard. You're, you're, you're grieving. You knew him well. Um, but we're going to, we're going to change our mindset. We're going to pivot now yeah. and we're going to, yeah. we're going to do our regular show. And yep, 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 yep. okay. So I don't know. Uh, let's, let's talk about something positive, right? Something that's actually very like exciting and positive and gets me really excited. And that's chat GPT and AI. And I know everybody's been talking about this a lot, but we've got some practical like applications of it. We've got demos of it. We've got it in the practice management software now. And I've brought some videos. We can actually watch it in action. So if you haven't seen it or tried it for yourself and you're watching our live stream, you're going to actually see it. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast episode, you could go find it on YouTube and watch that as well. We'll do our best to explain uh, what's going on. And uh, Giles, I think this will be interesting to you because you have been doing your own experiments in AI. So you run a Countess, which is a, well, how would you describe a Countess, Giles? Uh, so we, we help public accounting firms avoid bad hires. That's, uh, that's our, our um, raison d'etre, I guess. Uh, and we do that using skills tests and personality profiles to help you make sure you understand the candidate that you're looking to bring on board. And you've been playing around with AI by feeding it questions from your, not your personality test, but your skills test, right? Yeah, that's right. Look, we've, we've been playing with it to uh, try and help us develop some new questions, and that actually hasn't worked that well, to be fair. But we've certainly been uh, feeding it questions both from our CPA-level tests and our sort of bottom-end debit and credit uh, test, and just, just seeing how, how it goes and whether it, um, you know, where its strengths and weaknesses lie. And I guess, you know, it's just fun at this stage, but actually the fun is, is getting serious and it's getting serious pretty fast. How is it doing? Like, like if, if you had to rank ChatGPT as a hire, how is it doing against a typical applicant for a staff accountant job, for instance? Well, so, so we, we had it sit our um, CPA public accounting test. So that's a bit of tax, a bit of advisory, a bit of reporting, a bit of sort of core accounting stuff so you know what you'd expect say a, a client accounting manager or uh to to be all over in in most um public accounting firms and it was on the 93rd percentile so yeah in the top top seven percent of the norm group so, so behind all of these tests is a is a norm group of a whole bunch of people who've who've sat these tests in the past so yeah it would uh you you will certainly choose it as your uh well likely choose it as your preferred candidate in terms of its technical understanding and Giles, wow. did you need training of this or did you just upload your questions and ask it for answers? I just uploaded the questions and asked for the answers yeah. so this was just already in its basic train module training that it's had but it but it own. learns so one of the questions we put up it it got it wrong, and I went back and go this is not right and this is why and it goes oh you know look i'm really sorry about that uh you know i'm i'm, I'm trying to get better all the time and uh you know so i said to it well so will you get it right next time when i ask and uh and and i then got one of my team members um in the philippines to uh upload the same question a week later and it got it right so so it's, so it's learning as well it's learning so it's 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 amazing and um 
I've been talking with folks all week about AI in audit, in tax, in mainly in audit and tax, well, also, also FP&A. And I am just amazed at what it can do. And I'm, I'm really excited. We're on version four, GPT-4. Like it's been like four months and people are already finding practical applications for it. So. Oh, look, and there's, and there's some really exciting stuff coming down the pipe, right? So um, certainly here in New Zealand, uh, I know there is a product, you know, look, it's, it's, it's not imminent, but it's, but it's, but it's close. Um, you know, and, and what this is going to be able to do is actually do that initial review of your um, client P&L. So at the moment, you know, you get the, you get the, uh, the, the, the file in the door and somebody has to go through it and work out, you know, where all the bones are buried and, and basically go through the checklist. You know, everybody's got a checklist. So they're basically automating this checklist using AI, and so it will so be able to. Um, sorry, David. I was going to say so the like the like the file review. The first time you bring sometimes before you even take on a client, you're like, let me just look at your file and kind of analyze it so I can give you a price. Well, I think no. This is this that. is more than that. This is okay. this is the um, this is the initial review, say of a year end file. So it, it it will be able to go through compared to last year drill into each of the accounts so you know say repairs and maintenance or subscriptions or whatever you particularly want to drill into if the invoices are uploaded go and go and interrogate the invoice propose journal entries to fix errors that it sees and be able to flag transactions that might have a tax impact so that you'll be able to go you know here's an adjusting entry on my tax return so essentially you know, you take that to its logical conclusion. The first time a human needs to touch that file is when the manager gets the file review with the proposed journal entries and here's the questions where you need to dig deeper or you need to think here's a here's a transaction that looks like it might be capital but but they've you know the client's coded it to to an expense. You know, here's my take on what it should be. Here's a copy of the the invoice. Uh, you you make the decision. You know, click yes or no. Um, balance sheet reconciliation. That's, that's you know yeah. Oh, so 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 that's um, that's that's not that far away. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by OnPay. OnPay is built for accountants, and with 30-plus years of payroll experience, they can be the payroll partner you can always rely on. They offer a dashboard to manage all your clients in one place, and when I say manage, I probably should say balance that fine line between control and delegation. OnPay lets you keep 100% control, you can delegate payroll to someone at your firm, or hand off payroll duties to your client. But no matter who runs payroll, OnPay always takes care of all tax payments and filings, even local filings. And with integrations with QuickBooks Online, Zero, and QuickBooks Desktop, you can use OnPay across your entire client base regardless of the accounting GL they are using. OnPay's partner program offers free payroll for your firm, discounts or a rev share, and a dedicated support team of in-house payroll experts who will do all the heavy lifting. From setting up your dashboard to adding your clients and their employees, they'll even enter any prior wages to make it easy to switch. If you're looking for a great product with great support to match, check out OnPay. To learn more about switching your clients to the award-winning OnPay Payroll and HR, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash OnPay. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash O-N-P-A-Y. OnPay, switch to better payroll. 
And we should say that, you know, Giles, you are running Accountess, a technology company, helping accountants, you know, hire better. But faster and with confidence, I think, is is your tagline. Yeah. But but you like have a long, you know, career in accounting. You were a partner at PwC in New Zealand. That's right. So uh, I was a partner for eighteen years and with them for twenty five odd years. Uh, it, in an office, you know, um, about the size of your local shoe store. So it's so we had forty five people in our office, um, sort of four partners. It was like a bit sized firm, I guess, in in in, in regional USA. So, so so the experience, I guess, of the of our working environment was very similar to to you know many many accounting firms across the world. Overlaid that was the the PwC experience, I guess, which uh, comes with its ups and its downs. But uh, yeah, you certainly learn a lot, and you and you and you're working in an extremely supportive environment. So, so PwC a little bit different in New Zealand, perhaps, than in New York City, right? But you know, still big four, and it's relevant because we just had a question come in from one of our live stream viewers. Do you think the shortage is offset by outsourcing and AI? Talking about the talent shortage in accounting. Big four pushing layoffs has me nervous. What do you think about that, Giles? Well, you know, I think AI is going to be challenging for the big four, but for all the profession, because what AI is going to do is is deal to all of those jobs that the interns and the college graduates do for their first three or four years. And, you you know, you, you've, you've done audit, Blake. There's AI I did one, can- one audit. <laughs> okay that well, was enough I'm, I'm, yeah <laughs> i hope it was a big one um you know ai is gonna gonna chew all of that stuff up real fast and you know and so i think that's that's a positive in terms of the talent shortage although i think we're probably there's, there's a time gap there we're probably three to four years before that becomes you know a, a more serious issue but i guess my bigger concern is how do we train our people uh, who need, it's not that they need to do three years of mundane work, you know, three months of mundane work is probably enough to, 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 to ground you into some of those things, but we do need them to get experience and we need them to get that experience in a safe environment where actually they're, they're you know, they're, they're not out there, you know, giving their opinions to clients when they clearly don't have the capability of, of doing that. So how do we, how do we bring people through? And I think that's a, that's a big challenge for the profession, and I worry whether our educational institutions are up for that challenge. I say that my entire career has been built on Google searches, knowing what questions to ask, and I don't see accounting programs. Now, look, there could be great ones out there. There could be not so great ones out there, but I think on, on the whole, most accounting programs are not teaching, not teaching their students to ask questions. Right. It's here's here's what you're, I'm going to teach you. You're going to repeat it back to me in a lot of cases. And we should be questioning accounting standards. We should be questioning tax laws. Like, why do these exist? And whenever I did that in my classes, my professor got really annoyed because they didn't really want to have to explain, or maybe they didn't even know the answer or had never thought of it. Right. Maybe it's frustrating, right? Uh, when stuff doesn't make sense because a lot of accounting and a lot of tax doesn't make sense. And, and, and look, I think communication is the is, so so asking the questions is uh, you know is a big part of that. But it's about that ability to communicate and 
it's it's so rote learning is you know it, it is gone really i think as a way to um to to help our people yeah. be able to work in the modern world and what they need to be able to do they need to know stuff because you can't you can't communicate with the client if you don't know anything but it's about combining those two things yeah it's not so much about you know memorizing all the details because you can look them up whenever you need them it's more about understanding the concept that's you need to you need to know some things you know and yeah. i think that's and, and and that's where we would come from i i guess as a as a testing uh company if you if you want to hire a candidate you still need a candidate who actually knows some stuff but you know that that's interlaid with their ability to then communicate because if if you're in a meeting with a client you know you you can't you, you need to as you say you need to know the concepts and you need to know enough to have a discussion where can I have ChatGPT open on my laptop and be asking it questions? <laughs> uh, if, you, if you don't want to be paid, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but, but even <laughs> if you do that, right, you still have to have you somewhere along the line. You have to get the knowledge and the experience because it's easy. ChatGPT will make a mistake, and then you'll just That's, repeat it out right. loud. Then you'll hit a fool, right? Um, but again, it's it's kind of like maybe right now you're, you ask your intern to research something and then if you don't have time to validate it, you might say it's not that what your intern did. So it's just, I, I think your intern might come back not as confident with the information and ChatGPT always comes back pretty confident. That Very way. confident. Yes. You gotta, gotta take it with a grain of salt. So, Hey, all this discussion of ChatGPT has stimulated some conversation from our live stream viewers. Reminder to our podcast listeners that you can also watch us on YouTube. And if you subscribe to our channel, you can get notified when we go live and see what we actually look like. Sometimes people are surprised. We got think, big wigs in the the, the, the chat uh, this week. Well, we have the famous Greg Kite CPA. He says, I asked ChatGPT to write the lyrics to a song and include the words vacation, avalanche, strength, love, and trust. Not only did it include three verses, a chorus, a bridge, and an outro, it was so good, I literally got choked up. AI performing creative tasks at that level makes me realize that we will all be unemployed by the end of the year. Well, yeah, I'm going to use AI to write, to tell it that I'm the uh, an accounting comedian <laughs> and I'm going to have it write me some jokes. Well, I tried having ChatGPT write me a joke for my next presentation, and it was probably the worst joke that I've ever heard. So I think Greg Kite's <laughs> job as a comedian uh, CPA is very safe. Good. I would say, Good. based on that experience. Chris Maxey said, Boston Dynamics added ChatGPT to their robot dog, so it won't <laughs> be long before the big four hires those robots to go into the office, since they won't complain about that, or they'll also get burned out and will result in the Black Mirror episode. I have not yet seen Black Mirror, but I can only imagine what a sentient, or not, not necessarily sentient, but a, a autonomous Boston Dynamics robot dog could do. Yes, that will be a frightening future. And Christopher Perez says, soon comes the day when sentient AI starts quiet quitting. Jennifer Johnson said, I had my class use it. Jennifer is a professor at the University of Texas. The better their questions to it, the better their paper was. Some loved it and some were really frustrated. Great learning experience. Plan to keep using it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you haven't banned your class from using it, Jennifer. I think that uh, what, the school districts that did that made a big mistake. That's like banning calculators in 1986. Whatever that was, yeah. David, you brought that story to the 82. show. 82, it, it was, yes, yes. Oh, 82, yeah. Something like that, right? And Michael Alleman says, AI can be astounding, but can't ever be astounded. Ooh, I'm going to have to think on that. That's a good one. I might have to steal that, Michael. 
I'll be sure to give you credit. All right, so shall we see some AI in action? Because that's what's exciting about this week or the past couple of weeks is we've actually had apps integrate GPT into their software. Yeah, when you start to bring those up, like I'll tell, like I used a, a, a ChatGPT this week on my own to like um, to take unstructured emails of of appointments. I like to have flights on my calendar. If I'm going to an event, I like the start and stop times of all the the agenda on my calendar. And it takes a little bit of time. You're like, you have it up, you create the event, create the next event. Right. Yep. And so I was able to take some emails that don't have, you know, where the address is in one paragraph of the location or two different addresses. And then there's an agenda or my flight information from plane tickets, hotel reservations. And I basically interacted with ChatGPT to where it was able to give me the i the internet the iCal file. Well, it doesn't give you the file; it just gives you what to but copy. It gave you, you the code. It. Gave you the, the code, code for an ICS file, and then and I then... just imported it in my Google Calendar, and they're all there. And That's pretty cool. And it was, and I, and I, and I use the intern interaction because it's kind of like the intern. Let's say they put it in your calendar, then you're like, well, you know, on airplane flights, I like to have the airplane emoji, like the departure city, the airplane, and then the landing in city, your calendar. Right? Ti- in my calendar, uh, yes. And I told it oh, that, you're so and then it did it, David. and then it did it, and put it in the iCal file. But then you can take it a step further, so you, I can just paste in the flight info from Southwest in there, right? But then I'm like, I also, when you do that, I need put in an appointment for an hour, two hours before the flight to drive to the airport. So it's putting that appointment in for mm-hmm. me, right? It's putting in, oh, check in for the flight the day before. So instead of me put one airplane flight results in three calendar appointments. So instead of me doing all three of those, it's able to do that. Right. And so it's a lot of back and forth. But if it, if it could just give you the file and the next yeah. step, I guess, would be how do I connect through Zapier? So it just puts it in my calendar. I, but, and that will yeah. be possible very soon with the plugins feature, which I'm on the wait list for, but I, I still haven't gotten access to it. But apparently you can connect ChatGPT to Zapier. And then if you can connect something to Zapier, basically you could do that, David. You could have it create the event on your calendar. And at first there was a little dancing. At first it wouldn't import the file in. It wasn't correct. It wouldn't import it in. So I used like some website that was like a iCal validator and it gave me 28 errors that they that, that ChatGPT did wrong in the file. So I took all the errors and pasted them back in and it fixed them all. And then wow. the next file I took and then I imported it in. It was pretty impressive. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, so let's check out these four different videos. They're very short, and I just cut it right to the part where we're seeing the AI in action. So the first one is going to be Client Hub, because I think they actually might have been first to this. And what they have done is um, they have created a, it's like an, it, it, you ask the AI to create you a checklist, and then it goes and creates you a checklist. So this is Judy McCarthy, the founder of Client Hub. So previously, we had a pretty good library of job or workflow templates here that you could select from. But now we have unlimited templates because we have Magic Workflow. Magic Workflow uses AI power to allow you to create a job just based on a description. Let's give it a try. Let's say I'm going to create a job to post sales from Shopify into QuickBooks. Okay, let's push the button and see what AI comes up with. And all she did was she said... Push Shopify data into QuickBooks. She wrote that into the job description. This could take up to 30 seconds for it to create that job for us automatically. But when we get there, you're going to see, look at this. We have the job. We have the tasks. And when we click on those tasks, we even have the task details. So we're going to export sales data from Shopify to a CSV. 
import that into QuickBooks using the import data feature. Match the sales transactions and QuickBooks with the corresponding bank deposits. This is amazing. And then create sales receipts, record fees and expenses, and reconcile accounts. So based on that initial description, just post sales from Shopify into QuickBooks, GPT has created six or seven tasks with descriptions in those tasks for more detail. And that's a great starting point. And I love this use case because it's one of the reasons that a lot of firms get stuck implementing practice management software is they realize as they're implementing that they don't actually have any processes. And then they get stuck creating the processes while they're trying to implement the software and then nobody ever uses it. And the the magic here. Go ahead, Joss. I was, I was just going to say the staff get frustrated and, you know, you've always got those those people in the team who are slow adopters and they drag the whole team down and, the, yeah, the whole implementation either just just drags on or, or, yeah, as you say, people just give up. So the next one... Oh, before you jump to the next one, Blake, yeah. I was going to say, like, so the beauty of this is, like, having this built in the app is the real time savings. Because you... I. I just opened up while you were doing the video and I went to chat GPT and I said, post sales from Shopify into QuickBooks. I had the same kind of list of steps, but now I got to take them and manually copy paste one line at a time into the other app, which is just bananas crazy. But now you could just use the app and do it. And I don't even need to have a chat GPT at all. Right. And that, yeah. that's where this is going to be interesting is people are just going to be using it like that in many apps. Right. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Relay. Between Blake and myself, we now have three, four, or maybe five business entities, 20 or so checking accounts, and dozens and dozens of virtual cards. It would be impossible to manage all of this if we weren't using Relay as our small business bank. Relay is truly a part of the tech stack we use to run our businesses. Relay allows Blake and I to each have our own logins, we can grant access to our team, and even our accountant without sharing passwords or two-factor authentication codes. Relay allows us to grow and scale our banking needs without ever going into a physical branch. I recently added an account to receive inbound merchant services with just a few clicks. And I had to create a payroll checking account. Again, just a few clicks, and I instantly had access to my ACH info to give to my payroll provider. With Relay's virtual cards, we can issue debit cards to our team around the world for needed business expenses. I can instantly spin up a new Visa debit card and set both daily and monthly spending limits. And when a team member doesn't need their card, I can freeze it until they need to use it again. To learn more about using Relay in your firm and with your clients, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash Relay. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash R-E-L-A-Y. So that was creating tasks in your task management, workflow management software, and Client Hub. Now let's look at what Canopy did with helping you draft emails to clients. Communication today is so vital. If we don't communicate clearly and efficiently in the beginning, we can find ourselves wasting time afterwards with answering clarifying questions, redacting statements, not having fully thought through the communication that we needed to deliver in the first place. And I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. And Blake, yeah. before you skip ahead, yeah. you pause. Is, so on the screen right now, is this a create email screen within Canopy or is this like just an email? This is within program? Canopy. This is so within Canopy. Okay. Just Canopy, sure. like Carbon, allows you to use it as your inbox. Got it. Which is, which is great because a lot, 
often you're creating tasks, you're creating work, you're referencing work from your email. So it makes sense to have it integrated into the tool. Got it. But of course, the challenge with that is you don't get all the benefits of like plugins for Chrome or for Outlook or whatever. So this is why they're having to build this. So let's watch it help to create and draft an email. Canopy has a new feature that will allow you to draft an email based on the bullet points that are in your brain as to the things that you want to cover in a conversation. For example, it may be that uh, more work was required out of scope, higher price. You okay? So that's all she wrote. More work required, out of scope, higher price, you okay? And then is pressing submit. <laughs> Put this into the generator, the prompt box, and it will draft an email for you. So it's showing it working. There's the email. Hey, Brad, I hope you're doing well. I just wanted to check in with you regarding the additional work we discussed for your project. It outlines the whole thing for you in a very professional way. So going on reading this email, right? I wanted to make sure that you're comfortable with the new price and that we're still within your budget for the project. Please take some time to review the new quote and let me know if you have any questions or concerns. We're always happy to work with you to find a solution that works best for you. Thank you for your understanding as we look forward to continuing to work with you. Best regards, Casey. So it, it wrote the whole email from just the bullet points, just the comma separated bullet points. And we know that, like you said, David, you could just go into ChatGPT and you could do that. But then you have to copy paste back in yeah. your email, which kind of eliminates the time savings. So I thought this was so cool. And then Carbon came along this week and took it to, to another level. So let's watch what Carbon has done. All right. So here I am inside triage. The and triage is Carbon's uh, email inbox. First thing I hope you'll notice if you scan down the right-hand side is the priority labels. So you can see that I've got a couple emails that have come through and automatically been tagged as high priority or low priority. And the way they're doing that is with sentiment analysis. So they look at the body of the email and determine whether or not somebody is upset or if something is urgent. And that well, this could, is genius. Yeah. Like, clients are going to figure this out and they're going to they're gonna use ChatGPT. What's the best way for my accountant to read my email? And it's going to say, use all caps and use these three words. And then <laughs> you're always going to be able to be the most urgent. We'll be introducing also a filter list at the top. So you'll be able to quickly filter and see what all of your high priority messages are. Now, if I want to action one of these emails, I can open it up. You can see here, I've got an email from my client, David Buck, and he's telling me that there's some issues with his billing. And I have the option here, let me just move this around. So you can see there's quite a few messages just to summarize. By clicking the summarize button, it provides me again with a bulleted list outlining all of the content that's occurred in the email message. So can you like summarize the bullets there? Yeah, so client wrote the email and you know it's multiple paragraphs. And we've all had this. We've all had clients or colleagues write us ridiculously long emails. And you open it up and your eyes glaze over and then you close it and you don't open it. And then you open it up later and you think about reading it and then you don't and you close it. So what happens here is that the user pressed the summarize button and we got four bullet points. And the bullet points say, David noticed the discrepancy in his billing statement and is concerned about it. David is a valued client of Annapurna and appreciates their professionalism and expertise. David requests prompt attention and a clear explanation of how the discrepancy occurred. Sarah asks Simon Hilton for assistance with the urgent matter. Sarah is a team member. So it summarizes not only what the client said, but also what the team has done in the thread. This is, 
I'm just thinking, like, why is not every email client doing this already? Like, every email client should just summarize every email into three bullets like this. Well, I'm willing to bet that Outlook will be doing this real soon. Yeah. As I've talked about on the show before, Google Chat is already doing this with chat threads. So if I walk away from my computer for a few hours and then my team is going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on something, when I come back, I get a nice little summary of what they talked about at the top of that thread. So same idea. Let's continue. Can do that on all emails, not just the ones with high priority labels. So I'll give you another example of that. Grab one here. It's another email from another David Buck. (laughs) My test data, David's been very busy sending me emails. Um, But again, here, you can get the other summarized bulleted list. Um, The summary does include comments. It's not just the email messages from your clients or emails between your team members. It will include all of the comments and actions that have occurred within the email conversation. All right, the next use case, the feature I'd like to show you is the email task. So I'm clicking over here to a work item and I'm gonna go over to the task list and you can see we've got this new email, this new task type, which is called email task. And the task says update client on timeline. So this is part of a, they don't call it this in carbon, but it's like a project. And it's a task in the project and the task is update client on timeline. So, you know, you've started a tax return and now you need to update them. I open it up and it's got a type. So this is the AI prompt type and you can see there's some prompts in here. So this task is really about letting the client know that the work has started. And the prompt says, tell the client a team has started working on their tax return. We expect it to be be completed within one week. So I go and I create draft. It's off creating the draft for me. It puts it on the timeline and you'll see here it's suggesting the client that I should send the email to. John Smith, and it's produced all of the text for me. And it produced an email that says, Dear John, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to inform you that our team has started working on your tax return. We are committed to providing you with the best possible service and ensuring that your tax return is accurate and complete. We anticipate that the tax return will be completed within a week, and we will keep you updated on the progress. If you have any questions or concerns, please do not hesitate to contact me. Thank you for your continued trust in us. Best regards, Sarah Gopal. So, Instead of creating all these templates for your emails, you can simply create a prompt and then it will customize the email based on the client and the sender. And John, no doubt, will um, use ChatGPT to distill that email down to two bullet points. (laughs) We're working on your return. At what point do we have our Outlook inboxes replying to each other (laughs) and talking to each other, right? Have Have your email client talk to my email client and set up a, a meeting. I mean, it's kind of happening already, right? Like people are using all these automated tools to do drip campaigns and those types of things. And then on the other side, everybody's using automated tools to filter, spam, bucket those emails. Like it's already kind of happening on both sides, right? This is just the next extreme of it. Um, Christopher in the live stream says, amazing if you can tell it to be direct or deliver softly to doctor towards love languages. And actually, yes, you can. I didn't show that part of the canopy demo, but you can tell it to revise an email if you think it's not appropriate. And you can say, be more direct or uh, be more friendly or be more professional. And it will do that. So let's continue with this carbon demo because I think there's a little bit more. Again, I can edit this text if I want to change anything or I can change the tone by using the tone change. Here we go. Tone changing feature. So this is just the beginning. We um, expect to introduce more features and, and ways to improve uh, efficiency and workflow within Carbon using AI. All right, so that's Carbon. Um, by the way, if you don't have Carbon, if you don't have Client Hub, there's two options for you. Or if you don't have Canopy as well, there's there's 
two options for you that work with, I know they work with Gmail. I'm not sure if they work with Outlook, but they're web-based. So if you have Outlook on the web, you could use them. Grammarly has a plugin for Chrome and you can compose emails with it. I'm doing that already. Uh, it can do basically the same functionality where you can give it a list of points and it will create the email. It will also read your emails and suggest responses and you can then change the tone. There's also Jasper. Jasper has a plugin for Chrome that allows you to basically have it do anything. It can write anything in any text input field. And so it can, it can do that. And it can also you know, re- rephrase what you've written. And I use it all the time. I'll write an email and then say, like, make this better. And then it generally improves it. Giles, are you using, I know, like I talked about, I'm using AI to do some stuff. Blake, Blake uses it now on a regular basis to write emails and things. Like, are you using AI, like, outside of you playing with it and testing it, like you on a personal level, are you using it? Yeah, I, if I'm composing, I guess I don't, I don't do a lot of sort of um, regular emails, if you like, like the ones we just looked at. But if, so if I'm composing, I actually still will do that. I, I, I guess that's the just the way I think. I type and think at the same time. But when I've finished that, I then um, put that into into Chat GPT and and you know as as Blake said, get it to uh, improve the tone and and uh, you know make it make it more make it more readable. So um, improving the output, but in terms of yeah developing the content, I guess that's that is still the bit that uh, yeah it's it's the same as that communication piece. It's the bit that us humans still have to have to work out. I've got one more uh, real quick financial sense. It's it's financial sense is the last one I wanted to mention. They also have their practice management solution. They've also integrated with GPT, similar to Client Hub. Um, so if you're on our live stream, you can see this. They've got this create a template using AI feature where you type in something like create a checklist for monthly bookkeeping for a construction company, and then you hit generate, and it creates all the tasks based on that. So reconcile bank and credit card accounts. Um, it'll say let me pause this. Oh, you can't pause an animated GIF. Track and you know, all the job-related expenses. Anyway, it's a customized checklist with like 12 things for a construction company that would be customized to that. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by TechGuru. As an accountant, you already have a lot on your plate and you don't need the added stress of dealing with IT issues that slow you down. Enter TechGuru, the IT department that offers IT strategy, security, and tech support specifically for accounting firms. They know accounting technology better than any IT generalist and help accounting firms across the country daily with their tech issues like cloud migrations, automated backups, managed security updates, cybersecurity awareness training, hardware procurement, and support for over 100 accounting applications. The team at TechGurus know their clients on a first-name basis and provide ongoing remote services and support whenever you need it, whether it is remotely or on-site. They'll even work with you to streamline your technology systems and provide industry-focused strategy sessions that help you scale and increase efficiency. TechGuru will keep your systems running smoothly so you can rest assured that all your tech is taken care of while you focus on what you do best, serving your clients. To schedule a one-hour technology planning workshop, including an audit of your firm's technology stack, for free just by mentioning the Cloud Accounting Podcast during your call, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash techguru. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash T-E-C-H-G-U-R-U. I dropped in the private chat, Blake, a link. Private chat? Yeah. Okay. 
I'll pull this up. So, so this is uh, at some level, like, like this is a genius post from Expensify at some level. So, Expensify, everybody <laughs> vanity searches, right? So they they Expensify wrote a whole blog post about how they asked ChatGPT what the best expense management app is, and of course, Expensify came back number one. And what they did is they did variations of the, it asking this over and over again. So basically, they have a screenshot of ChatGPT, but then they would type in a summary of what ChatGPT said. So now what they basically did is they wrote a whole new blog post about how great Expensify is. So when the next, even in their conclusion, they say it's it's very obvious this is being trained by what's on the web already. And now, now they have a whole nother blog post that talks about why it's the best product. Like they, they so right. the next time the model's retrained, it's going to see this blog post and just reinforce its learning. I, I think it's kind of a, a genius blog post by Expensify here. So will will AI manipulation become the new SEO, right? Creating posts so that, you know, like Bing, Bing now searches the web and integrates with chat GPT, with GPT-4. So you could, you could manipulate the results by creating a p- p- post specific to a certain question. I guess it's the same thing. And that's what they're doing. They're saying Expensify dominates the expense reporting landscape in English speaking countries. Uh, Expensify partners are the most influential people. Like it it really is like, this is really just a genius blog post. They gave them a way to write about themselves without writing about themselves. It's it's, it's really smart blog post. I've got one more app for you, David. This is not practice management though. This is, it's an app called Sturpy. Have you heard of Sturpy? I hopefully I've never caught that. S S T U R P P Y. It's not a disease. Okay. Uh, it's not a pharmaceutical. It's financial modeling for startups. Use our proven templates to build a model fast without any prior experience or expertise in finance. Share a live link with potential investors or export the entire model to a formatted spreadsheet with a single click. So we've seen a ton of these startups. And what Sturpy's done. Is the debt, financial dashboard, financial modeling, financial modeling, replacing Excel for doing financial models. And what caught my attention about Sturpy is that they now have what they're calling their GPT-4 virtual CFO. So I think the best thing to do is just simply to see it in action. Hello, founders. John Wadaga here, co-founder of Sturpy. Today, I'm super excited to announce a brand new feature just coming into alpha that we've released for Sturpy Plus. So we are releasing today CFO Chat. CFO Chat is basically a personal AI CFO available 24-7. It's trained on your live data. So you connect your Xero, your QuickBooks account, all your accounting data, your analytics data, and then you can actually query that data, provide insights, create graphs, everything that uh, you potentially would want from a data analyst or or a fractional CFO. Uh, Our platform is is kind of seeking to solve those use cases. So let's start with some basics. Let's just kind of ask it um, to surface some KPIs. So let's ask it, you know, what was our total revenue last month? Awesome. So our total revenue last month, today's April, was was ninety one thousand dollars. We can also ask it things in the past. So we could say, you know, what was our total revenue four months ago? Total revenue four months ago, December twenty twenty two, was twenty five k. Um, so that's just surfacing some KPIs. But we can actually use CFO Chat to actually create some graphs. So let's say, create a graph of our total revenue and total expenses. 
And this is the part where I started to pay attention because it produced a nice graph, a line chart, month by month with the total revenue and total expenses. It's right there. It actually has an image. Like, yeah. I think that's the important part here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an image, it's not- right? So no Excel graphing required, no exporting of the data, nothing of that, just instantaneous chart. Great. We've got a graph here of our total revenue and total expenses with the data that we provided it. Um, and it's looking accurate here. So if we remember, we asked it, you know, what was March revenue? 91K. We're seeing that we got March revenue, 91K. Um, and these graphs, you can add these graphs over to your live dashboard views um, in Sturby Plus be able to view it there. We're soon going to add the ability to kind of send this data to Google Sheets or Google Slides if you want to include this. Um, but let's say maybe you wanted this in a bar chart and don't want to look at it as a line chart. So we could say, you know, change that graph to a bar chart. So no need to understand how their software works. It just does it. And great. Just like that. Now we've got a bar chart of our total revenue, total expense. Could you pause it, Blake? Did I catch it, say this correctly? Once you had it done, you could just drag it out of there to your dashboard. So, yeah. you, so you're interacting with plain text to create the perfect chart or the perfect graph, and then you just drag it to the dashboard. Right. Wow. Let's change the format of it. So um, let's ask it something a little bit more complex. Let's do some what-if analysis here. So let's pretend we're going to try to potentially ask our CFO chat um, if, about a new hire that we're planning to make. So let's say we're thinking, thinking about hiring a new operations manager at 5k a month starting next month can we afford it now this is a question that's a challenge some analysis here so it's saying to to determine if we can afford hiring a new ops manager let's take a look at our current financial situation so our bank balance in april is 23k we add the new operations manager to our, to our current expenses, we can estimate our future expenses. So the total expenses for April currently are, are only $1,000. Adding the $5,000 salary estimates that our, our expenses would be 6,900. Considering our current bank balance and the estimated expenses for next month, we can afford to hire a new operations manager per month. Um, but it's also giving us a caveat. So it's saying, however. Now, so this is where I started to see the limitation of this. Right, it's not quite there yet because all it's doing is taking last month's expenses, adding in the salary of the new hire, and then saying, "Oh, the bank balance is twenty three thousand dollars. Right, we can afford this." <laughs> it's not actually modeling out anything at this point, right? But, I mean, you could see how it could get there. I think. Well, when you think that ChatGPT can work out, for example, uh, and, and, and these are in our these are in our tests, so we 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 got it to work out the working capital we got it to work out uh you know receivable days so when you can start getting this sort of model to do that for you um i think then it becomes you, you know you 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 really are providing that sort of virtual cfo service uh, you know at a, at a much higher level yeah i i think that they'll get this to the point where in excel you'll have a plugin that will be able to like create and update financial models, just like an Excel wizard does now, like a, a person who's very well trained on it. I wonder if that like job of Excel jockey is going to go away. A lot of it will be completely automated. These people who do financial models, analysts, right? Financial analysts, that's been like one of the fastest growing jobs over the last, yeah, ever since the, sp- the computerized spreadsheet was invented, right? It's 
We got millions of them now. Or a million, I think. I, yeah, I, you don't have to memorize can, the formulas anymore. Right. You just you, you say what you know, want. You don't have to know the formula. You just say what you want. So you still have to know what you want, right? You have to know that this is not the right way to decide if we should hire somebody. Just looking at last month expenses, adding in the new expense, and then looking at the bank balance, right? It needs to be more sophisticated than that. But I, I think we'll get there. So this shows like some promise, right? And so he goes on, he asks a few more questions, and we kind of get the same limitations, right? It's not actually doing the financial modeling yet, but I think it'll get there. So that's it. That's Those are the, the demos that I pulled out for this week. If we missed anything that you all think that we should be looking at, like some cool AI integrations in accounting products, products for accountants, if you're listening, let us know. Email us, cloudaccountingpodcast at earmarkcpe.com. That's cloudaccountingpodcast at earmarkcpe.com. Or better yet, tag us somewhere on social media because we see all that. And send us the link to the video. Anything else this week, David? We used up all the time on AI, and I, I think it was I, worth it. I, I think just like with every time there's technology or anything to do with tech, you know, our, our Congress people show that maybe they're not getting it. I don't know. You got to bring us down with politics right at the end, David? So so s- s- there was a letter written. You know, it was Senator uh, Chuck Grassley and uh, Senator Maggie Hassan. So Chuck Grassley's Iowa, Republican from Iowa, Maggie Hassan's Democrat New Hampshire, Ron Wyden, Democrat Oregon, and James Link Ford, Republican, or sorry, Republican in Oklahoma. They c- sent a letter to the IRS new chief, Riffle, right? Because they're alarmed that people are going to use AI tools to create tax scams. And they want the IRS to educate taxpayers to how to avoid these. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need AI to create tax scams. They've got plenty of accountants who help them do that. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I just... All those it, conservation it just, easement CPAs, you know, given the profession a bad name. It, maybe this is just a way for them to... Like, I don't know. I, it's, it's a way distracts to, the IRS from its real problems. Uh, I don't know. It's a way to write letters and be in the Actually, news, I guess, right? Actually, should use ChatGPT to write a response letter to them. Yeah. That'd be the best thing ever. That'd be great. <laughs> oh. Actually, I, so I, I was I was talking with um, Chris Vanover of Audit Club, and he told me that they were using ChatGPT to write comment letters on proposed accounting standards changes. A great example of using it, right? Write, write me that formal letter that I need to send to FASB to get it into the record. All right. So, Giles, it was great, great chatting with you this week. Uh, if folks want to learn more about Accountess, follow you online, where should they go? Uh, you, they can go to www.accountess.com. Uh, and to follow me, uh, LinkedIn is usually the best. Giles Pearson on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Giles. So much fun having you on the show and hope to see you around soon. We're going to go for a hike here in uh, Arizona, right? We are. It's going to be hot, I think. Uh, I can't, not, like, not like last time, which was a bit, which, which was a bit cool. But, I can't uh, believe uh, you're coming to Phoenix in June. Like what <laughs> madman comes to Phoenix in June? <laughs> That's how I knew that we would get along. Right? Somebody who's it's worth budget, it budget conscious. <laughs> it's true. You can stay at all the best resorts. For That's nothing. For nothing. My favorite thing is being a local and there's no tourists around. So you, go to, you can go to the five-star resort and pretend you live there. You know? oh, but all I'm right. looking forward to that. Talk to you soon. 
Bye, David. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. Time for the classifieds. Client Hub automatically sends your clients a task for each expense or deposit marked as uncategorized in QuickBooks. Your team will save hours of time, and the best part that it's free. Introducing the free Client Hub Recategorized Plan. Client Hub is bringing the freemium business model to accounting apps. They are so confident that you, your team, and your clients will love the free Recategorized Plan that will lead you to implement all the features of the award-winning Client Hub into your firm's workflows and communications. Using Client Hub in your workflow is a guaranteed ROI, especially since it is free. To schedule your demo, go to clienthub.app. That's clienthub.app. Is it possible to scale your firm while significantly reducing your workload so you can spend more time with your family? That's what Marie Phillips did when she tripled the revenues of her multi-seven-figure firm thanks to Future Firm Accelerate. Designed for busy firm owners, Future Firm Accelerate gives you the system, training, coaching, and the community you need to systemize your firm so that you can scale it while working less. The program is built around founder and CPA Ryan Lozanis' six-part Future Firm framework, which he used to scale and sell his own firm, Zen Accounting, to a major international organization in just five short years. To learn more and join over 700 other modern firm owners scaling their businesses, go to www dot futurefirmaccelerate.com that's www.futurefirmaccelerate.com We don't like uncategorized transactions, but we do like CATs, and we love UNCAT. Thousands of accountants and bookkeepers have switched from sending spreadsheets of uncategorized transactions to their clients every month to using UNCAT. It's easy. UNCAT syncs with QuickBooks and gets clients' responses back so fast, you can close the books on time, every time. And you're going to love the price. UNCAT is just $5 per month per client. And bonus, start a 14-day free trial at UNCAT.com, and they'll send you a $5 Starbucks gift card. Get yours at UNCAT.com. Are you tired of spending hours manually adjusting your balance sheet and reconciling your accounts every month? Say hello to NetTracker. Automate tedious tasks such as adjustments for depreciation, prepaid expenses, accruals, and deferred revenue. With just a few clicks, selected balance sheet accounts are updated and reconciled. No more stress and hassle every month. NetTracker makes monthly financial reporting a breeze. Try it now with QuickBooks Online, Zero, or Sage Business Cloud and see how much time and energy you can save. www.nettracker.com that's www.nett-tracker.com. Your accounting clients don't want another shiny app they have to log into. They want to be met where they live in their email inbox. FinDaily does just that. FinDaily automates the communication of key financial data by sending it to your client's inbox daily. Try FinDaily out for free at findaily.io. That's findaily.io. Want to get the word out about your newsletter, webinar, party, Facebook group, podcast, ebook, job posting, or that fancy Excel macro you just created? Why not let the listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast know by running a classified ad? Hit the show notes for the link to get more info.